0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's
1: Off the Bench with Dom Brenneman.
0: Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning. Here we are, ready to roll into the weekend. I know Brandon's already cranked it up for the weekend. I mean, Thursday night is like Friday or Saturday night. Right? Yeah. Yep. Hanging out with your buddy Tommy Thrall last night. Sam, look your.
2: Look my business in the streets.
0: Hey, you know you run with that highfalutin crowd. <laughs> Casey Paul, good morning, man. Good morning. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing good, except for I left. Uh, I had to take my car in for service yesterday, and um, naturally, I mean it's it's a typical Tom Brennan move. For those of you that don't know me, and most of you don't. A typical Tom Brenneman move where get out of the car, grab my bottle of water, grab the keys, turn in the car. They're nice enough to give me a loaner for 24 hours and leave my briefcase with my computer in the car that is sitting in some parking lot right now or sitting in the service area. And uh, no monologue today. No, Couldn't write anything. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to go with the flow so we're going to attempt to do it just off the top of our head welcome to off the bench presented by united dairy farmers great to have you with us we're here monday through friday 10 a.m noon eastern time you can check us out on youtube twitter facebook slash chatterbox sports we ask you to please subscribe to the program already uh, dozens if not hundreds in on the chat this morning on this friday fridays are always a big day we got lots to talk about the bengals and the browns of course on sunday bengals are trying to end that five game losing streak to their intra-state rivals a lot of people mess up that word i used to mess up that a lot you know like when you say a, a scrimmage it's an intra squad scrimmage or if you're playing somebody else right It's no longer intra-squad. This is an in-state, so in-state rival. We'll see how that goes on Sunday. Um, T. Higgins and Sam Hubbard both show up in the uh, injury list, on the injury list. T. Higgins a hamstring, Sam Hubbard a calf injury. Uh, They were limited yesterday in practice. Don't know if that means a whole lot, but it's out there. We'll see if they're ready to go. How about Baker Mayfield last night? Now, he doesn't start the game. You know the story, right? He's put on waivers by Carolina. The Rams decide to bring him in because they had lost Stafford, and their backup had gotten hurt the week before. So the backup starts last night against the Raiders, okay? Baker comes in the game. We get to the fourth quarter. It's 16-3 with four minutes to go. Baker takes him on a 75-yard touchdown drive. Defense forces a three and out. But the punter for the Raiders punts it almost 65 yards down to the two-yard line. Two time, or no timeouts, two minutes to go. Baker Mayfield drives the team 98 yards, throws a touchdown pass with 10 seconds left in the game. He had just gotten the playbook before he got on the plane four days before Whether you like Baker Mayfield or not, it was an unbelievable performance.
3: Yeah, it was. I turned it on with like four minutes and 30 seconds left when uh, Baker was getting the ball, I guess, for the first time to drive him down and saw him score that touchdown. And really the only reason I turned on the game, no joke, like the only reason I turned on the game was because I saw it was 16-3 to and I go, wait a second, didn't we just watch Tom Brady do this? And so I turned it on. I thought, ah, we'll see what Baker can do. Sure enough, there he went right down the field twice. And on the second drive, not that this takes away from Baker or anything, but Rams, a couple of really stupid penalties. Oh, I mean,
0: uh, the Raiders, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, really stupid stuff. I mean, really, at the end of the day, he never gets a chance to win the game if they don't commit all those silly penalties. Yeah. Nearly. I mean, it, it, it's typical Raiders, though. I mean, by and large, it doesn't matter who coaches there. By and large, they lead the league or are in the top two or three in uh, most penalized teams in the NFL every year. And and last night was just brutal. Uh, But who cares? Um, Big weekend in the NFL. Baltimore without Lamar Jackson will play at Pittsburgh. This is a big weekend for the Bengalis. Pittsburgh has a legitimate chance to win this game. Kenny Pickett's playing a little better. Defense is healthy, playing very, very well. They're winning games, ugly, but winning games. And of course, no Lamar Jackson and the games in Pittsburgh. If the Bengals win this weekend, Ravens lose. It'll be the first time all year long the Cincinnati Bengals will sit atop the AFC North. But of course, they have to beat the Browns and the Steelers have to beat the Ravens. The New York Football Jets in Buffalo. Do they have a chance? They're teetering right on that edge of a playoff spot. Big, big game. We're going to go through all these picks later today. You've got Philadelphia and the Giants. Philly, the best record in the National Football League. Eagles have lost one time all year long. And the Giants, much like the Commanders, or the Washington Football Wizards, forgive me, Mm -hmm. after that thrilling tie last week it's like a soccer match pillow fight between the commanders and the giants and um every game important for the giants tampa bay at san francisco niners without jimmy garoppolo tom brady they're sitting atop the nfc worst nfc south and uh, with a 6-6 six and six record, but going out to San Francisco against a very good Niners defense and a really interesting game. And again, all these games have implications with the Bengals. Miami plays the LA Chargers, okay? We know the Bengals have beaten Miami already this year, but you want all of these teams that are sitting in front of you for home field advantage naturally, obviously, to start losing games. So, we'll see how it goes. Tua rolled his ankle again last week. Says he's going to be okay. We'll see. College football. It's awards week. The Heisman Trophy will be given away tomorrow night. Caleb Williams from USC. Max Duggan from TCU. CJ Stroud from Ohio State. And Stetson Bennett from Georgia, the Final Four. Caleb Williams won the Walter Camp Award and the Maxwell Awards last night. Max Duggan Won the Davy O'Brien Award. That's given away to the best quarterback. I I find it really weird, don't you guys, that Caleb Williams would win these two, in essence, Player of the Year Awards, but then Max Duggan wins
3: the Best Quarterback Award. Who's your Heisman vote? Max Duggan. Is 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 he a...
0: You know what he is. But I was getting to that. Hold on. Because in awards week, As we like to say, boys, a landslide winner for the college football coach of the year. Just given a contract extension through what, 2028? We're talking about Sonny Dykes. Leader of men. Sonny Dykes. Going to take the Horned Frogs and boat race the Wolverines on New Year's Eve. Mark it down, boys. Mark it down. TCU is going to beat Michigan. I'm telling you right now, they're going to beat him. You know, sometimes on these awards, though, you have to scratch your head. And I'm not saying this is a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes, which you know I am. There is no way on God's green earth that there is a better wide receiver in college football than Marvin Harrison Jr. There is no way there's anybody better. And yet, he was a runner-up for the Bolitnikov Award. To Jalen Hyatt, who had a great year at Tennessee, but he ain't Marvin Harrison Jr. Sorry, boys. Nobody's Marvin Harrison Jr. And he has another year left of college. Hmm. Can't go pro yet.
3: He's back. He's
0: back. He's back. They're all back. Except for Smith and Jigba. Abuka, Fleming. They're all back. But the quarterback's not back. Uh, and then in baseball news, Brandon Nimmo was given an eight-year, one hundred sixty-two million dollar contract. Somebody on Tom Brenneman TV Twitter—it doesn't matter who it is—made um, the comment that there's no such thing as a small market team. Okay, in baseball.
3: All right. Listen, I'm, listening. Okay. I'm intrigued.
0: Right. Well, I, I I don't know what to say to that. I really don't know what to say to that. Just like stocks, there are large cap stocks. There are small cap stocks. They're based on revenue, right? Okay. For somebody to suggest that there is not a divide between big market teams and small market teams. Now, smaller market teams can go out and spend money. San Diego is not a big market team. They're selling out every game. They went to the National League Championship Series this year and they're spending like drunken sailors. God bless them. Uh, The Cardinals signed Contreras to the contract. But again, they're an outlier, as we've talked about before. But to suggest that there is not a disparity between, just look at what's happened during this free agent season. Outside of San Diego, outside of the Guardians, right? Signing Josh Bell to that two-year contract. Billions and billions and billions, with a B, have all been spent by teams that are in large markets with much higher revenue. You're talking about the Mets and you're talking about the Phillies and you're talking about the Giants and you're talking about the Dodgers. I mean, this is where the Red Sox, this is where all the money is being spent by those teams. okay? You'll have an isolated side here or there, but come on, I mean, to suggest there's no such thing as a small market team. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here today. We got some new folks on today. We have, you know, some of the regulars, AJ, Jordan, Excalibur Iron Force. Our buddy, Sir Boy Wonder has made an appearance. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is in the house. Wow. Nice to have Matthew. I mean, he is dialed in because he, he's a Texas guy. So he knows we're all about TCU here. Uh, anonymous with us. Uh, Wayne Downey, haven't seen that one before. Have you guys seen Wayne on the chat before?
3: Uh, I don't think so. We got, a, we got a few new ones. Yeah, we do.
0: We have, uh, what was <clears throat> he? Uh, Lerone or Laron Simmons. Nice to have you with us. 6412 Mars. Mentioned Jordan. Jordan says, tell that to the Pirates if there's no such thing as a small market team. But Sir Boy Wonder says, Tom, I agree about large and small markets, but I also have a question. Is Bob Castellini so small that he can't afford a decent player? $17 million a year? Legitimate question. Matt Blankenship in the house. Says, go dogs!"
3: Is that
0: that, that the Georgia Bulldogs?
3: Yeah, that is. Matt's a huge Georgia fan. I will say, you're getting a lot of love for the flannel shirt. Really? I told you
0: drip drip isn't that the word you guys use drip drip now see i figured you guys would have lit me up today saying this was a little on the preppy side no no. when i grabbed it you know i i just grabbed it and i I figured it's something my wife would say for sure
1: you're wearing a pair of jeans well i know but you can't
0: tell that i I could be wearing underwear and you wouldn't know it (laughs) or not wearing underwear and you wouldn't know it but um no i thought i I thought i'd get a little grief for you guys about this today
3: lumberjack Looks good. We just need the beard back. Yeah, what do we got to do? Well, I didn't shave you know, this
0: morning. I let it go. You
3: know who's been missing lately? Sir
0: Boy Wonder says, Dielsen! Remember him?
3: Love Dielsen. Yeah. We haven't we haven't heard from Leif Erickson in a while. A long Le- time. Leif Erickson's been out. He's out. Doing whatever he's doing. No, no doubt. Pillaging. Probably some
0: ice ice spear fishing.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Out yeah. on the high he's seas. Not gonna, he's not going to. He's not going to. It might be. Might be on the high seas. Yep. It's
3: a tough scene for our boy, Leaf. Hopefully, he's doing all right.
0: I hope he's okay. Because the
1: Lions are coming to town. I sure hope he's okay. True. Good point. Leaf Erickson's had a great season.
0: That's why I can't believe he's disappeared. I I, Sincerely, I hope and pray the guy's all right. Um, I don't know him, but we loved having him on. He was here virtually every single day. And uh, we just not heard from him lately. He's busy with mead. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, look, I mentioned the um, – I think it was Paul Deaner Jr. Who, who put it out on The Athletic about uh, a surprise um, to the injured uh, list you have to put out every single week. The T. Higgins with a hamstring and Sam Hubbard with a calf injury. You got to hope those guys are okay. They are obviously two very important parts of this football
3: team. Well, we haven't really heard a whole lot about either one of them being hurt. So hopefully
1: this is just something that they're – uh, Yeah, maybe it's just precautionary. But I really hope that there's nothing seriously wrong there. Um,
3: the second, second line of this article saw, says, while it doesn't sound like a big ordeal
1: mm-hmm. – Thank you, Chris, whoever – Chris Rowling i can't read that who wrote that chris Rowling. okay thank you chris um he says it doesn't sound like a big ordeal but um both wide wideout out t higgins and defensive and sam hubbard appeared on the report for the first time yep um they were both listed as limited um hamstring for higgins hubbard calf um hayden Hurst out this week yep
0: might be out more than one week
1: yes i would imagine that this isn't actually a i I think it's precautionary i think it's just kind of like a veteran rest day for both those guys but
3: well it would say rest wouldn't it
1: yeah i i don't know
0: the league you know look there are ways to circumvent all that kind of thing but the league is very particular about making sure these things are posted um and they're legit now, I mean, how much investigating do they do? I don't know. There was a time, I think, Bill Belichick, just to kind of rub it in the league's face, he put like 20 guys on the list every week. <laughs> and, um, but, but, but the Bengals have been not been known to do that. So there has to be something there, or they would not have put them on. And those are the kinds of injuries. And again, we don't know how serious it is, but those are the kinds of injuries that, you know, one bad step, and all of a sudden... Uh, it's a lot worse. Hamstrings, groins, ankles, calves. That's what uh, Hayden Hurst is out with a calf injury.
1: Yeah. Yep. And let's just talk about if those two are actually out. Like, that's a huge blow to the Bengals. I mean.
0: Huge. Because they got to slow down that run game. You start with Hubbard, who has just had an outstanding season. I mean, he's just an excellent player. Is he the best pass rusher in the world? No. No. He's smart. He plays hard. He plays with passion. He does his job in the run game. He'll occasionally get to the quarterback. He's as important as anybody there is on his defense.
1: Yeah, and we already saw what it was like without Chase against the Browns. So if you lose Higgins, it's virtually – I'm not going to say it's like a one-for-one one sort of deal. You're going to get the same out, outcome. But, I mean, you're you're losing your your second-best guy on on the receiver group. So, I mean, it's – you can't understate that, and without Hayden Hurst, that's a tough challenge. Yep, yep, very tough.
0: But we're going to get to the picks later. We'll find out just how confident Casey is. He said for months now that the Brownies stink.
1: We just bought this tickets. this. A
0: big actually. game for the Browns. They're yeah, he, not. They're not out of this thing yet.
1: He's going. I'm going. Are you? Yeah, my uh, my best man bought two tickets. We're going to be sitting West Side, uh, West End Zone, yep, and uh, Section Two. 2-8, I think. Yeah. So, it's a good spot. Yeah. Well, I like sitting in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I like getting a different angle than yep. what you would get in the broadcast. Yeah, so.
0: yep, That's going to be fun down there on Sunday. And then the Bengals, of course, you know, this is back-to-back home games, have the big win against Kansas City, and then back-to-back huge road games coming up with um, first New England. No, no, no. No, first Tampa. Tampa, Tampa then New England, right?
3: Are we yeah. all taking a chatterbox trip down to Tampa?
0: Um, I think we were working on chartering a flight.
3: Okay.
1: Trace
0: Trace was on that, I think.
1: Well, that was the last update I heard too. The tracer, right? He's going to get us first class. Oh, you're talking about
0: Tracy Jones.
1: Yeah, he's going to get us I was talking about Trace Fowler. Oh, well. Don't sound so disappointed. Tracy Jones
0: is on his way right now, if I'm not mistaken, if I heard him right. He's on his way to LA, right? He just went out there and back. He told us yesterday he's going out there and back again. And then he's getting on a train and taking it across the country with his wife to go to Southern California a third time within about a two-week time frame. It's crazy. Good for him. Good for him. He deserves well. the break. Good for you. He, he works he so hard. He does. He does. Hard-working guy. Very hard-working guy. All right. We got the Crosstown Shootout coming out um, tomorrow. That is a 3P tip. No doubt, Paul, you're there. I will be there. Okay. Um, UC and Xavier. Uh, Xavier favored in the game last check. You thought it was what, four and a half? Yeah,
3: the line hasn't come out yet. I'm guessing it'll be somewhere in the four and a half what range. What mean the line
0: hasn't come out
3: yet? College basketball lines don't come out until 18 hours before the game tips.
0: That's a rule?
3: Not a rule, but it's almost all. It's almost always like okay. you, you only get the day of.
0: All right, we're going to pay a lot of attention to the Crosstown shootout on the program today. Two former greats uh, from their respective schools. Terry Nelson uh, will join us. He handles a radio color analyst job sitting alongside Dan Horde uh, for each and every UC basketball game. He played on a Final Four team, played on an Elite Eight team, back-to-back years uh, under Bob Huggins. Uh, and he was a guy you may remember, we'll talk to him about it today, that that, that came out in the press uh, the week of the Xavier game when he was at UC and said, we're going to kill these guys and beat them by 20.
3: Yeah. Terry's great. Both, both these guys that we're having on today. Terry's great. He's coming up here in a few minutes. And then Steve at 11.
0: Yep. Steve yep. Wolf. Uh, we talked about legendary family, sports family, uh, community-minded family, great family.
4: Yeah,
3: it's the wolves. Steve's dad actually just passed away this past week. Adam Baum wrote a great article in the Cincinnati Enquirer. If anybody wants to check that out, his dad was a great guy. Yeah, great guy.
0: They're all great guys. Yeah, uh, I see Marty more than I see Steve, but um, yeah, great family. And of course, he he was an excellent player at Xavier. Uh, he does a lot of television work now. See him a little bit everywhere, right on TV. Yeah, or, he, or is he just exclusively with somebody?
3: CBS Sports Network is who okay. he does his games for. Okay, and he does mostly like Midwest stuff. Um, but he's been he's been kind of all over the place. He did it was funny. He did a game at Colorado State last year. Uh, do you remember Tom the game that went to triple overtime for Xavier against Providence when there was that leak on the floor? This was this past season. Xavier went to triple yes, overtime with yes. Providence. Yep. that game, that game bled over into the next game on CBS Sports Network and the triple overtime game took so long that the game that was after that, which was Colorado State, Steve was on that game. They didn't get to that game on CBS Sports Network until they were in like the second half, like 10 minutes left in the, in the whole game because the Xavier game took so long. Providence won that game, didn't they? Providence did yeah. win that game. Yeah, yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, I,
0: I tell you, of all the guys that I've met through the years in, in, in sports, one, one of the coolest guys I've ever met is that Providence coach. Ed Cooley? What a guy. Awesome guy! What a guy! I mean, gosh, what an awesome dude he is! Uh, he's a born and raised Providence guy. He's had chances to leave. Uh, I've never been to Providence, but I'm told it's not such a great place. I, I don't know. I've never been to Providence. Yeah, either. I don't know no, no. either. Um, but anyway, he he loves it there. That's his home, um, and he's had incredible commitment there. He's done a great job there. But, but, but you know, look uh, for all of you that, that that root for the Muskies in the Big East. Naturally, you root for the Muskies to beat Providence. But, man, if Providence plays anybody else, I'm rooting for them. Oh, absolutely. Because he's such a good
3: dude. He is. Yeah.
0: Very colorful guys. A lot of fun. You know, he'll lay it out there in a line for you, tell you what's going on and what's not going on with his team. I did one of those games. It was an unbelievable game between those two teams. It wasn't triple triple overtime, but it was a fantastic game. And I think Providence beat him that time. At Xavier? Yeah.
3: I'd have to go back and look. I uh, think. Would that have been 20? That would have been like uh, 18 or 19. I was going to Somewhere say, in there. Probably. One of those two years. Probably would have been 19. Uh, Providence won at Centos. Yeah, 64 to 62. Yeah. You would have done that game. Yeah, it was yep. a
0: last second shot by that stud they had. There. Oh,
3: yes, I remember that game. Yeah, it was a great yep. game. That was a great game. Okay. What's
0: everybody talking about here? Also, want- AJ wants to know, Paul, do you have a gambling problem?
3: Well, AJ's also the same <laughs> AJ's also the same person that a little higher up in the chat said that he lost a couple hundred bucks on a game last weekend. So, <laughs> TCU. AJ was on the TCU game, and he lost. So. Okay. Call well, me. You know, me.
0: Uh, somebody says, you know, Sir Boy Wonder says, who wants to go to Rhode Island? Now, I'm told there's some big league places in Rhode Island.
3: Yes. Right,
0: along the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so come on now, Sir Boy Wonder. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. AJ says that uh, Providence is a dump. I don't know, Sir Boy Wonder says I'd rather go to Alaska. Not me. Um, and then Gary, who's who's new, we got, we, says my wife's nickname is Muskie. I we, like that. She's a fan, huge fan. She's a fan. And she'll be uh, she'll be dialed in tomorrow. All right, so we have. Terry Nelson coming up. We've got Steve Wolf um, at 11. Terry Nelson is is after a a break here in a minute or two at 10.30. Um, And then we will do our picks for the weekend. We don't don't have any college football picks. The whole bowl season kicks off next week. UC will play next Saturday. We do have one college pick this week, and that's the game. I mean, you know, it's not Ohio State-Michigan. The game is tomorrow. Army v. Navy. And all of those young men are leaders of men, each and every one of them, each and every one of them. Got a couple kids in our neighborhood that are trying to get into the military academies. Did you try to get in one of those, Casey?
3: I did not. You did not? No. Paul? You strike me as somebody, Casey, that would have tried to get in. Yeah, I could see him in the Coast Guard. The, the Coast Guard. guard. <laughs> I mean, look at him with the beard going. Mer- Merchant Marine Academy. Yeah,
0: Merchant Marine Academy. So I could see that. You know, he's got the the red beard going kind
1: of thing there. Oh, I had I had no interest in joining any of our military branches, unfortunately. Oh man, Casey. They I mean, Sir Boy way.
0: Wonder says Casey could have been a wonderful general.
1: Oh yes, leader of men.
0: Could have been. Could have been. None. Um, could have been. I decided to go the ham and egg path.
3: Now you're sitting next to me. How about you, Paul? Did you apply to one of the academies? I did not. Xavier was actually the only school I applied to at all. Speaks volumes
0: about Xavier. Oh um boy uh and then there's uh Brandon Say Brandon, did you think about any of the military academies coming out of La Salle High School? Look like somebody would- Why not? I don't know if you could say anybody looks like they. You know, now. I'm as soft as they come. What's that? I'm as soft as soft. they come. Soft. Okay, soft. Okay. All right. Well, they, uh, there's no. Well, actually, in, in, with the military going woke here in the last year and a half or so, maybe there, there is some soft creeping in, but by and large, not. No, no, no. These are true leaders, men and women, in the United
3: States military. <laughs> Read Mass. I came home hungover one night, and my dad told me I needed to enlist in the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would, have, I, I would have
0: done military service. I, 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 I truly believe that, um, that it should be mandatory in this country. And some of you are going to be like, you're, you're out of your mind. But I, I really think it would be good for each and every one of us, rich, poor, black, white, green. You come out of high school, two years in the military, and then go do what you want to do. I really believe that. I think it'd be good for, for getting your act together, growing up, uh, camaraderie friendship team building all those kinds of things yeah or you can go join a fraternity <laughs> we're back with terry nelson in a minute we say it all the time i mean that's a that's a, a, a guaranteed smile every single time dusty baker man here's a guy makes a lot of people smile whenever they're around him Man, we go way back, Terry Nelson. I can't believe you got that, uh, that 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 gray in the beard, man. I remember you were some strapping cat coming out of California and showing up with Blunt and Van Exel and, you know, that whole bunch and Herb Jones and, boy, it's hard to believe it's been that long ago, isn't it?
4: I feel it in my knees, so it's not that hard to believe, brother. Knees... <laughs> <laughs> it's been, what, 31 years, 32 years now.
0: And you guys had, what was it, the 30th reunion of that team a a year or two ago, something like that? You all got back together here in town. Is that right?
4: It was actually during homecoming. It was in October. So we had our 30-year. They brought back for um, the Final Four team and the Elite Eight team. So the 91-92 team, the 92-93 team. uh, Wes Miller in the university brought us all back in, flew in everybody and their families, including Coach Huggins, uh, and had a great time
0: um all right look the, the story has grown through the years you know the legend of of you come in uh great teams and now here comes across town shootout and oh you guarantee this is going to be a tail kicking what walk, walk us through that story of what really happened w- w- when you went on the record and made that prediction how did that all happen
4: so i was we had just I think we just beat UAB or something. So, and all the other teammates used to run out the back door because they didn't want anybody to see all the women that they had left tickets for. So they used, they used to always send me, cause I had the mouthpiece. They would send me in front of the camera to do all the interviews. And so I was walking out the back, uh, just coming from the media session and Bill Cook got me in the hallway and he was like, uh, so he interviewed me about the previous game and he said, so what do you think about the Crosstown shootout? And I'm like, look, man, seriously. Where I'm from, I'm from Long Beach, California. Where I'm from, Crosstown town Shootout, a rival gang member's going at it. I said, blow them out. They don't have a chance. Like, Because we played them all summer. We They came to our gym. We went to their gym. I didn't think anything of it. I was just, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I've been known to pop off a little bit. So uh, I get back first thing in the morning. I had no idea that, you know, we had a week break, just like we have now. So I didn't know the buildup for it because I didn't know anything about it. So first thing in the morning, it's like 7 in the morning, uh, Q102 calls me and they're like, Hey, Terry, Hey, I want to talk to you about the Crosstown shootout. What you, I hear you say Jay that doesn't have a chance. And I'm like, yeah, they don't have a chance. You know, we should blow them out by 20, you know, Crosstown shootout. I'm This gang was going at, I'm I'm talking all this, hang up the phone. Cause there was no two way calling in the dorms back in 1991. It's some dorm phones, hang up the phone, 700 WLW. Somebody called me, hang up the phone, the whiz, it was seven in a row. And they were just waiting to get i don't know how they got my number but they were calling back to back to back and i'm sitting in the bed like i could do this all day man this is this is this is something else phone. again i pick up the phone i'm like hello get your ass in my office I'm like what huh? he goes hey. so i'm throwing on clothes i walk over to the office and betsy maidens who's our uh, secretary at the time she's laughing so hard she couldn't even talk to me just pointing in the back like just just go to his office go to his office so i go in his office his office is either open or the door is closed but he had a door stopper in it this time and so i walk in there and he's got a newspaper up and so i'm like you want to see me go sit your ass down and be quiet i'm like okay so i'm sitting there five minutes go by and he's like flipping the newspaper and going through and he kept going and i'm like Look at, and I look in the front page of the paper at the top section, it says, Nelson predicts blowout, Xavier doesn't have a chance. And I'm like, oh, and he puts his newspaper down and he's got glasses on. Now, anybody knows the whole story he used to have before he got LASIK surgery, he used to wear contacts and he'd be up all night, you know, having cold ones, shutting down some establishment and then talking basketball, going back, watching video you know until five six in the morning and then when he comes in his eyes are too irritated to put contacts on so he wears it at that point you got to have your best practice you got to be a p's and q's because he's a type a and he is ready to be set off like a linchpin how does somebody who averaged three points and two rebounds have the audacity to think that he's going to make a difference in this game why would you pop off like that and give them billboard material i said coach I had no idea I'm being recorded. He goes, are you that stupid? You can't be that dumb. Oh no, 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 no. He said, I'll see you at practice today. So we walk into practice and they have all of these tripods, 5, 12, 19, uh, 9, star 64. They're all in there and they're all in their stations. And so everybody's walking around. Hugs and I happened to walk in at the same time, coming from two different places. And we walk by Nick Van Exel at the same time and Ken Brew was asking, Nick Van Exel, what do you think about Terry's uh, quote that, you know, Xavier doesn't have a chance? You know, you guys should blow him out by 20. And Nick goes, yeah, I agree because they're big men or soft. And Hugs hears it. He just goes crazy. He goes, I said, everybody, get the F out. He kicked the media out. Get out of here. Get out. So everybody gets out. So we start practice all by running 20 suicides. And after about 10 of them, Nick said, man, you paranoid. You know we're going to kick their butt. He goes, I'm paranoid i'm paranoid get the f out of here so he kicks nick out of practice now t i don't know if you've ever seen or heard of anybody get kicked out of practice but when you get kicked out of practice you're supposed to go to the locker room yeah sit there which is tail between your legs uh you know coach steve moeller would come in there and talk to you bring you back out and you're supposed to be all nice and humble ready to be coached he goes into the locker room steve moeller does comes back out he goes i don't know where he is and and Hus goes well if you don't find him you better find another job so he <laughs> looking for him. comes back five minutes later nick's got his jersey on backwards eating a hot dog and we're all like trying not to laugh we're covering our mouths we're laughing hard and hugs is sitting there and puts his practice schedule under his arm and he's just he like what the hell are you doing he says hugs i don't play that you kick me out i ain't sticking around he said you know you paranoid he goes okay so i'm paranoid huh five minutes into practice Corey twists his ankle, had to be carted off. He goes, and you think they're big, man, or soft? Look at our 6'10 stud being carted off like a slab of meat. (laughs) At that point, he just says, coach yourself. So for the first hour of practice, Anthony Buford grabbed the practice schedule, said, come on, man, let's go. So every drill we're doing, we're clapping it up. We're like, yeah, let's go. Like, we're making them mad because we're hitting shots and we're having lots of energy. And then so he goes, "Okay." so the next game comes. And we start out, we we blitz them bad, you know. They're trying to press us. We throw it over the press. We're getting dunks, and we end up beating them on the road in their place by 18. And after we did the handshake line, he walks out. We're you know we're walking to the locker room. He puts his arm around me. He goes, "All right, why don't you retire one and zero as a prophet?" <laughs> <And> I-
0: <laughs> that is awesome. That is a great story. <laughs> That is, yeah, and I was around uh, back when I was doing the games when all you guys were there. I I was witness to many, many times where either individuals or uh, the team collectively was thrown out, sent back to the locker room, and and sooner or later everybody would be back out there. I don't know if you saw any of, probably didn't. We had hugs on the show last week uh, for about an hour. And, um, you know, I mean, what you guys had going on there was you know look i I know the national championship stuff and playing in the finals back in the early 60s and all that kind of thing but man those were two really special special teams with a lot of great characters who had a lot of great character and toughness about them
4: we come from different backgrounds and 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 we were last chance students you know the the documentary last chance you we were Bunch of JUCO guys, a bunch of guys that transferred. Anthony Buford came with Bob Huggins. Herb Jones was a junior college player of the year, Uh national junior college player of the year. Corey Blunt was a national junior college player of the year. Corey, Eric, and I came from California. We were the three best players in California. And none of the California, the UC schools, you know, UCLA, USC, they don't, they didn't take JUCO players. And so we were just looking to play together. And so we picked Cincinnati. So we came together and then they, we brought. Nick Van Exel in. And Nick Van Exel came in the day that we got there. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. He was coming with his cousin, and he had a hatchback. And I'm like, there he is. So we're standing all outside of Daniel's Hall waiting on him. Like all the teammates are sitting together. And he pulls up in a hatchback, opens the hatchback, and it's just littered with clothes. I mean, it's no it's no hangers. It's no bags. It's no suitcases. It's just clothes in the back. And he, we're grabbing the clothes. We're, we're putting them in trash bags and grabbing our arms and he has this television that he's bringing into the dorms and it's still got a hanger in it with aluminum foil on the tips of it for the, <laughs> for the i mean meager meager beginnings but we instantly hit it off we instantly had chemistry and because we could not go anywhere we were literally the last chance university for us yeah Coach us as hard as he wanted. He can say whatever he wanted. He can do whatever he wanted, and we could not leave if we wanted to play. And that just turned us into, you know, the men that we wanted to be because we were all 22 and 23 years old, most of it. So we had been around the horn, and now he's telling us that, you know, wherever we go, he's creating this mentality like the fans are going to get you. You know, like we're playing Miami University, and right before we're about to do Miami University, he goes, "It's halftime." He goes, man. You gonna let guys with circle driveways and Mercedes and, and BMWs kick your ass like this, and you don't? You guys don't even have cars, and they over here kicking your butt. You gonna let them do that? Like that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm curious. I asked Hugs this, and Terry. Now, in in, in your role as the the analyst on the um, the games on the radio, alongside Dan Hord, um, I asked Hugs: Are kids different? today you just explained your journey and the other guys who came along with you junior college whatever it might be but I guess I'm, I'm speaking more specifically now about high school kids and I asked hugs uh, you know do kids still really want to be coached and coached hard really hard I asked Wes Miller this two days ago when we had him on the program he says he thinks they do you know I got kids in high school daughter in college a lot of the ones I'm around and we're in those circular driveways. So maybe, you know, it is what it is. But how many kids out there or do you think the kid today wants to be coached, can be coached, is okay with being coached
4: the way Hugs coached you? Depends on the guy that you bring in and the background that they come from. You know, some households, they're just used to a mother or a father yelling and screaming. So when you got a coach that yells and screams, it doesn't bother them whatsoever. They can take it. But if you got the modern-day uh, son who is about self-esteem and, uh, you know, the parents lifting them up and they're bouncing around from AAU team to AAU team and high school team to high school team because they want a certain situation uh, for their child, then they may not be ready to be coached like that. Now, Wes Miller coaches hard, but he doesn't have to curse at him. I mean you can coach hard Uh, hard is hard coaching has become synonymous with you know cursing the kid out demeaning him doing all that stuff no that kind of stuff is uh not it not with the portal not in this day and age you cannot do that because they would just bounce around they would just leave you and don't even wait till the end of the season they would just shut out so you won't last as a college coach with that kind of demeaning and that kind of tearing down, especially if they don't trust you, if they don't think that you are doing it for the best interest, if they only see it as you need to win to keep your job, then they'll leave. But if you've established rapport, if you're constantly on the phone with, with your guys and doing things and your team bonding, and they know where your heart is, then they'll take you giving them some stiff and tough criticism that can change their behavior because discipline is just training to elicit a certain pattern of response or behavior so discipline doesn't always have to be you know something verbal lashing that just strips you of your humanity discipline or hard coaching can be anything that changes your behavior and yes you can still do that
0: all right let's talk about the shootout tomorrow um you've seen every second of every game you see us played so far this season before we get into some of the shortcomings, tell me how you see, what are the strengths through nine games of this UC team?
4: The strength is the spacing and their ability to create for each other. You know, they got three point shooting and the way the offense is structured, it's constant movement. So it's not one guy holding the ball and everybody else standing now the Julius is going to be the creator in the offense because coach wants him to be able to create and get other guys shots but that ball goes from right to left the bigs move off the block nobody is standing on the block so the free-flowing offense allows this team to score you know nearly 80 points per game which is up from uh, previous eras where we couldn't you know sometimes we didn't even reach 80. so these guys the offense is there what we uh, another one of our strengths is the ability to come from large deficits because of the free-flowing offense and the fact that we can get stops. Defensively, the problem that uh, I think Cincinnati will come up against is rent protection they don't have the big six ten shot blockers they don't have the seven foot shot blockers like they had the past guys that can erase some of the mistakes of you know guys going for steals on the block and don't get it and all of a sudden out of the weak side somebody comes and just mats it off the glass so they have to do it with length they have to do it with you know fighting through screens and closing out so they're initial defense has been much better over the couple weeks and it's really been elite to watch them shut down three point shooting teams because how they fight through screens so that's one of their strengths is that they can really scramble defensively and find a way it's just that when that ball gets down low if they stay out of foul trouble by playing solid defense is one of their their, their core strengths
0: all right weaknesses you talked about not having the big man who can uh, you know erase mistakes uh, somebody comes into the lane, shot blocker, intimidation kind of guy, all those kinds of things. Um, Xavier does have a couple of big guys that can play. Uh, there's yes. no debate about that. And Fremantle likes banging around. Um, what do you see as as a couple of the, the determining factors between winning and losing in the game tomorrow?
4: Being able to control the paint, um, giving them one shot, you know, making it tough as – Uh, defenders in the post, because they're going to play big. They're going to post. They're going to post their guards. um, They're going to post their bigs. And they're going to try to win the game by chipping away. Um, And if it was football, they're going to try to win the game by running the ball and making you, you know, load the box same thing so you know same thing with basketball they're going to post their guards they're going to post their bigs they're going to play pick and roll to where the roll guy is uh you know either posting on a mismatch or the kickouts so if we can defend the posts, if we can push guys off the block make them shoot uncomfortable shots like if a guy likes to shoot from you know eight feet away top the middle of the circle over his left shoulder a jump hook you wanna push him off to about 10, 12 feet and take away the jump hook and make him shoot a turnaround jump shot. Seems sounds simple, but if you shoot a turnaround jump shot, it pulls you out of rebound position. Easier to box out. He'll miss the shot, take his vision away, and they'll think that they just had a bad shooting night they don't realize that you've taken away their number one option. And most post guys don't really have a counter that they, that they go to. So they're either dunkers or they're jump hook guys. So if you can push them off the block, Beat them down the floor because Xavier does a lot of rim runs. With Fremantle and Nunji, they run the floor and they seal you at the free throw line. They grab you and they just sort of ride that to the post and they get early transition offense. So if you can eliminate that, eliminate the post touches where they're just catching and scoring uncontested, they got a real chance of winning this game
0: all right well uh you know hey look you're there for each and every game terry it's it's such a pleasure i can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us uh this week love to have you back on the program check in from time to time on what's happening with uc and it's great to see you as always
4: you know what i was wanting to to say something you said something about before this uh my segment you said that every kid should have two years in the military yeah yes you know, in North Korea, they make you have seven years. Well, I, I know,
0: but I, I don't want to be North Korea. But, I, but, I'm, but you and I are the same pay, you know, and I, I'm curious, Terry, uh, you know, we talked about this with Hugs last week. A lot of people don't want to talk about this topic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you're never a guy to shy away from it. I mean, I went back and started digging up because Hugs, in many cases, not all cases, it's unfair to say all cases, but in some cases or a number of cases, he becomes like a father to a lot of the players that he brings in there and recruits. Not only why he has them there as a player and as a coach, but through the rest of their lives. And, you know, I went in and started digging into some statistics about, you know, uh, African-American kids that are born in this country. 67% of them are being born into a single parent household. In the inner city, that number is up over 80%. And I asked him, you know, sort of the challenge of not only being a coach, but a dad. And I think the military, and it's the only reason I say that, and I think it would be good for a white kid in the suburbs whose mom and dad are together uh, to bring those people together. Because where's a guy like you from Long Beach and a guy like me from Cincinnati? Uh, unless we're both basketball players, where are we ever going to come together to be a team, right? And the
4: military is the team. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it forces you to, to... – to have a discipline and a routine. There's so much power in routine. And when you come out of disenfranchised situations where you don't have a father in the house, I didn't have a father in the household, and you kind of go out and you're doing stuff. So you, you, if you're involved in sports, sports gives you that sense of camaraderie and I've met, and I have some of my best friends come from all these different backgrounds that you talked about in sports. Well, in military. There's a set time you get up, there's unexpected times you get up, there's training, there's different things to 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 uh, work on, response times, all that stuff that a person would need to go into college. Think about how many people go to college out of high school and then leave college, flunk out, or don't even finish because they really don't know what they want to do. So they end up wasting money, getting loans and doing different things because they don't know what they want to do. Two years in the military, I kind of like your. Uh, the way you're going with that, it gives them a sense of focus. They realize, I don't really like the military. <laughs> I want to do yeah. this. Then,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: life. That's right. That's right.
0: Well, Terry, you're you're one of the all-time greats, man. And uh, and good luck tomorrow on the broadcast. Have fun down there. You're not making any predictions on this one,
4: are you? nope. You ain't getting me in trouble. No, uh, <laughs> I
0: only I only want the predictions
4: on the games that I can out have an
0: outcome on. All right, fair enough. Fair enough, Terry. Great seeing you, man. Thanks for the time today. Terry Nelson, how great is that dude? Oh, great. great storyteller.
3: I mean, is Such somebody... an
0: articulate kid. I mean, it was the second he walked in UC. I was here when he walked in for his first practice. He just he, – he's got that it thing. You know what I mean? So do you remember this story then
1: when he –
0: I was announcing the games when this happened. I mean, you know, it's hard to imagine for a lot of the younger people, you, your guys' age, for example – Um, It's hard to imagine, and you just heard him make reference to, he's got this phone in his dorm room. Okay, there were no cell phones. There were no computers. There was no internet. There was none of this kind of stuff. So the newspaper is where you got all your information. And really the only place you got your information, unless you were on the inside or something. But when he made that prediction, I mean... Well, you heard all the the radio stations are calling him. Hugs is calling him, getting him out of bed and get your tail down to my office right now and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, Hugs didn't mind that. Hugs didn't mind that. What he did mind was Corey Blunt getting hurt in that practice because now all of a sudden, I remember that. I don't remember him getting carted off, but, but I remember him injuring the ankle. And you're like, oh boy. I mean, here Nelson has made this prediction. Um, and, boy, you talk about an eraser in the middle. Boy, Corey Blunt was that. What a player that guy. I mean, hell, he played, what, 12, 14 years in the NBA? Something wow. like that. He had a long career, really good career. Played on his great Chicago Bulls teams. Um, yeah, that, that was just such a fun bunch. Anthony Buford, uh, the toughness and the edge. He, he was basically Huggins on the floor. Herb Jones, as quiet as a day is long, and he was the quintessential silent assassin. What a player. Eric Martin, Nelson, and then Van Exel. That guy, man, was he a player. And and you talk about a guy that had a great NBA career. He's a coach now in the NBA, right? Van Exel, he's been an assistant for a long time. But he may have gone somewhere in, like, that B League or something to be a head
3: coach. Where is he now? Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up. Brandon might know. Uh, well, he was at Memphis he's uh, an assistant for the Hawks, I think. Let me look it up. I think he's in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has aspirations on being a head coach. Yeah, and, he, he is. And he, I can promise you he would be a really good head coach.
3: Well, that's who Cincinnati, some, a, a segment of the Cincinnati fan base wanted. When yep. He interviewed Brandon, for the job, right? I don't think he did. Did he, Brandon? I don't. I, don't remember. I
0: can't remember whether it was him or Eric. Eric Martin, Eric I think. Eric Martin. For the yeah, guy. I was
3: going to say. I don't think Van Exel ever gotten in interview.
0: Eric's been with Hugs for forever.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, that's the uh, the UC side of things. Although I don't really think you know Terry, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, was sitting there pro UC and blah 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 blah. He told us straight down the middle. Um, about their team and their strengths and their weaknesses and, and, and how he would try to counter. And Paul, you see every game. Yeah. Uh, he, he's spot on there, right, about Xavier's team?
3: Yeah, he absolutely is. The strength for Xavier tomorrow is going to have to be in the post because outside of Victor Locken, there's just not a lot of depth for this UC team down low. And they're not getting anything out of Oklahoma. They're not really getting anything out of a Pay. So if, you, if Locken gets into foul trouble, then what do you do in the post? So, yeah, Terry, spot on. As, as you would expect.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask him about those flashing lights in his room. My son has those things in his room. LED? Yeah. He had it going on there. He had it going on there. We talking about Pawnee? Yep. His best tasting water in the world. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I talked with, a, with, with the guys that own the joint, started it up, former Procter & Gamble guys, um, researchers, scientists. And they've come up with this new water, Pawnee, P-A-H-H-N-I. Go to PawneeWater, P-A-H-H-N-I.com. It's the best tasting water in the world. I'm not kidding you. Uh, they were nice enough to bring a whole bunch over. Over, Casey, I know you're a big fan.
1: Big fan. Big fan. Big fan.
0: And Paul, you've been dialed in on it as well.
3: Yeah, I. it's funny. I actually was having a conversation with somebody about Pawnee Water the other day because uh, somebody was kind of, Dismissing the fact that water could be different, and I said that's just such an outrageous take because there's a reason when you go to Kroger and you see one brand of water has every bottle filled. There's pallets of that water, and then you go to another brand, and that brand is sold out. Yeah, they use different minerals.
1: Like yeah. it, it, it has a different taste.
0: It does, and, and and their filtration system is different than most of the stuff that's out there that's in bottled water uh, these days. And so I would highly recommend you go to PawneeWater.com. Check out what stores you can find their product. I'm hoping for these guys, because they, they are two of the nicest guys in the world that started this company, and they're right here in downtown Hamilton. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that uh, the UDFs and the Kroger's and, and whoever else out there, I'm hoping they'll yeah. start putting that in their stores.
3: I think, uh, I think we have Steve here if you want to. Oh,
0: boy. Traveling man. Thankfully, he is not uh, dry. Oh, my gosh. Now, there is the much high, There's a much higher low there. the much more pleasant <laughs>
5: side of the Wolf family. <laughs> Where are you guys going? We're going to go see our son in Madison. He's got his banquet tonight. And we're going to go say hi to, for all the UC fans, we're going to go say hi to Coach Fickle, I think. Are you really? Well, He's he's obviously the new coach, so I, I don't know if we'll see him. I don't know if he'll be at the banquet you know, you have these change of coaches and you're not sure what's going on. So, uh, But uh, I, I am so glad when Paul said, you know, come on with TV, I was excited. I'm wow. so proud of you, man. And I, I talked to your dad quite a bit, and uh, I, I told so many people that uh, I love the fact that, uh, yeah, you're great at what you do. You're a great broadcaster, but I think you're a better person. I think you do a great job raising your kids, and uh, I'm just really proud of you.
0: You know, I, thank you for that, Steve. I, I, I really, really mean that. And, and I adore your wife and have and known her uh, uh, almost as long as I've known you. But, you know, I speaking of being proud, uh, I want to ask you about your son a second. Because for those who don't know, your son played quarterback at Wisconsin. Uh, there was a time there he was a starter. And then he was no longer the starter. In this day and age, you know, 90 plus percent of the time, a young man who's in that situation, they're going to say, Hey, look, I'm transferring out. I want to go somewhere to go play. And, and, and look, God bless them all if that's the way they feel. But, but, but he decided to stay there in Madison. Uh, I know he got in there at the end of the year and finally had a chance to play again. But, but what was that journey like for a mom and dad and your son going through all that?
5: Well, uh, it, this year was tough because, I don't know if you knew, but right the day before the season actually started, he blew his knee out. Yeah. So so he didn't play at all. And, you know, I listened to the announcer, somebody saying, you know, he didn't throw a pass. Well, yeah, he was on crutches. He couldn't throw a pass. But you know how preparation is for some analysts. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had a fight through that. Chase has always been his own man. Um, he, he is one of those guys that in high school, the recruiters, all talked about him, you know, you need to leave. You need to transfer out of St. X because you're going to be behind Sean Clifford and you're not going to play. Uh, and he said, well, Dan, I'm learning from from Sean Clifford and I think one day I'll be able to compete with him. Well, he ended up, Sean got hurt Chase's junior year and uh, then Sean came back. They Chase still played. And at the end of the year, Chase ended up taking over for Sean and starting in the playoffs. And the scholarships came. So he stuck to his guns. And, and in our family, uh, not just Jeannie and my family, but our family in general, uh, my father and my mother were all about loyalty. And it's so important that if you believe in something, stick with it. If you believe in the guys, stick with it. Chase, after his sophomore year, had a myriad of coaches that contacted Tony Pike and said, hey, you know, what do you want to do? So I threw it out to Chase. And I said, what do you want to do? And he goes, give me a day, dad. And then I'll, I'll let you know. The next day he calls me on the phone and he said, you know, when I was getting recruited, I didn't have a favorite school. The only school I love was Xavier because of basketball. And that was obviously because of, I went there and played there, but he didn't have a favorite school. And he goes, dad, this, this now is my favorite school. This is my dream school. And I love the guys. And I believe I can compete. And I think that He felt the same way we did. He never complained, but I felt like he really didn't get that shot. But at the end of the day, that's life. I mean, of all people, you can understand unfair things. Uh, It's happened to all of us. And how do you prepare yourself? How do you come back and be the better version of yourself after you've gone through this thing? So it was a blessing for him to understand that everything's not going to work out and everything's not fair. but. Uh, he was actually done, he was not going to play next year. Um, and so Coach Vick, well, they talked back and forth, and I think Coach said, hey, if you want to come back, I'd love to have you. And I think Chase is mulling that over, so he may come back Wow! Uh, you know, next year. Because uh, he does, you know, he sat out, he had a red shirt year, and then he had a year where he hurt his knee, so he didn't play it at all. But we'll see. We'll see how the knee is in the bowl game. Uh, he came back two, a month and a half early off the surgery so he can play and, you know, it's not easy, but I, I, we are so proud of him, but you know, he's got an older sister Sabrina who stuck it out at UC and played volleyball. at UC. Uh, he's got a younger sister, Stevie, who's, you know, started every game at Xavier university uh, in volleyball. And then to her is his youngest uh, sister. Shay is going to play beach volleyball at FAU and she blew her knee out last year. So family, you know, helps family. And, you know, we rally around each other. And I think that Chase is a benefactor of great siblings. Uh, and we haven't screwed them up too much as parents.
0: You know, uh, Steve, you, you, your father passed recently. And our thoughts and prayers are with you and your entire family. And, and I know that uh, Paul was talking a few minutes ago uh, about the article that was written about your dad. And, and I was talking about your family name and, look, I know there's Barry, uh, Barry Larkin and Byron Larkin and, all that, and, and, and Mike Larkin and, you know, all that kind of thing. I get it. But if you're just talking about the, the, the scope of all sports, um, whether it's volleyball or soccer or tennis or basketball or football, whatever it might be, boys and girls uh, through high school, you, your family, it is amazing. And, and I call you guys the first family of Cincinnati sports family. It's not even close. Um, was there something in your grandparents, in your parents, your aunts and uncles, whatever it was, that was sort of a, a, an always flowing um, advice, piece of advice? What, what was it?
5: Well, you know, it's, it's very similar on a smaller level, number-wise, at a bigger level nationwide it's you and your dad um when we grew up my dad got out of coaching uh because he had five kids and had ready to have a six and he just didn't feel like he could spend the time that he wanted to with the kids and be a coach uh being a professional athlete being a professional coach it's not the same as a normal citizen uh there's too many things that go on uh you see too many things and you're not around so my dad made a commitment to to uh, quit coaching. At that point in time, my dad had all these nice, you know, basketball pants, like co- you know, coaching pants, and a Charlie Wolf, Detroit Pistons coach, on him. My dad asked my mom to put a patch over him so that he was dad, not coach, and he coached all of us. And we didn't ha- we had what we needed not what we wanted we lived in kentucky actually our next door neighbor for my 18 years there was a guy named jim bolpin who you know very well very well so yeah. jim and i shared our driveway and their side yard were there and uh it was a nice neighbor because my dad had a no interest loan from the royals so we were able to stay there but my dad helped start mike out releasing and get that company up and running We had what we needed, not what we wanted. We always had great gym shoes. But my mom made our tennis clothes. So everything we did, we did it as a family. So if we went out and played basketball, the rule was, because we had a full court in our backyard, the rule was, and I don't care how many neighbors are there wanting to play, that the younger ones got in. And that was not really, didn't make Marty happy when I was playing (laughs) two and a half years younger than him. He didn't like that when I was playing with his buddies. And I didn't like it when Greg was playing with my buddies. And it went all the way down, but we had to play. And my mom was the one who would come out and be the referee. Hey, talk that way, you're out of here. But we did everything as a family. The things that have changed, uh, and uh, they've changed a ton. Uh, Jeannie and I decided to merge our families and their backgrounds. You know, they traveled, they did different things. They were very intelligent, they were artsy. My family was athletic. And so we merged those things, but they both, were very similar because we spent time with our children. You know, we were active. I always say that all my, the nieces and nephews in our family and the great grandchildren all thought dad loved them the most, my dad. It's because he was invested. You know, he didn't just sit there and watch. I always tell people, if you're sitting there, kids are in the pool and you're sitting there having a beer, it's your quality time, not theirs. So get your butt in the pool. My dad was always in the pool. and until the day he died, he was always about his the grandkids. Now there's 19 grandchildren on uh, children on my dad's mom and dad's side of the family, and I want to say 14 have played Division one sports uh, from <laughs> football. Jace is the only one playing football. Uh, obviously, basketball, tennis, um, volleyball. There's a lot of volleyballs now in, in, in the latter part because you had Greg you had three girls. One played tennis, college tennis, Division One, and the other two played volleyball. And then my three daughters played volleyball. They're all playing Division One, And it goes from there. But it was never a goal. The idea was not to get a scholarship. The idea, as I told Jeannie, I I just wanted to play a high school sport. So everything we did, every sporting event we did was because of family. And people don't understand that. So when you read Adam Baum's article, and by the way – he is so good at what he does. Adam Baum is an unbelievable a uh, writer. And when my dad died at 3 in the morning, I texted him. And I said, hey, listen, I want an article about my dad. Not about how great he was as a coach, but I want it about him as a family man. Because uh, the coaching part of it is just a small, small part of his eulogy. Uh, and all the grandkids, most of them don't even realize how good dad was mm-hmm. in all the Hall of Fames he's in. Nobody cared because my dad didn't care. So to answer your point or your question is that, yes, there's a lot of kids doing stuff. The great grandkids are doing stuff. Um, and sometimes I think it's a little pressure to live up and say, well, as Shana, she's playing beach volleyball at FAU. They're six in the country last year. But she blew her knee out. And she was worried that she wasn't going to play Division One. And I said, who cares? I mean, you're going to play the sport you want. Go where you want. doesn't matter. But they all know it. So to be able to get, you know, four kids through college with, with minimal to no payments is a blessing. But, you know, they, they all support each other. And the one thing I will also tell you is we didn't have one video game in our house. Uh, Jeannie and I did not have a video game. You know, we went to parks. Uh, we went we had keys to every gym that we could get into, you know. After Christmas, we go up to St. Margaret, we throw football, then we shoot basketball, and then we hit tennis, then we played volleyball. That's what we did. You know, yeah, maybe we went to Ruckers once in a blue moon, but we didn't go out. We ate at home, mom would cook, we'd go out and play sports. And, and they loved it. And then there's a certain time you say, okay, well, you want to be elite, or do you want to be average? And the, the thing that I'll tell you is that every one of the kids that I think that goes and plays a sport and they really work their tail off, have a great uh, opportunity to be a good husband, be a good friend, be a good employee, or be a good owner. And so that's, the means to the end is, is, is the longevity of, of what sports does for you.
0: Um, walk me through, uh, Steve, your, your your favorite or most vivid moment. You've been asked this, I'm sure, 10,000, 100,000 times, but uh, the Crosstown Shootout for Steve Wolf. You always think of what?
5: The first one. Um, You know, I was obviously one of your favorite teams back in the day, at least your daddy's, You know, North Carolina, North Carolina State, I thought that was unbelievable. And the reason why I thought it was unbelievable is because for like 10 years, Xavier was irrelevant in the UC Xavier. It it was just a game, you know, that nobody really cared. And if you got 5,000 to the game, I would say 4,400 were from UC and at the Army Fieldhouse because of the guys that played. Those guys went to the NBA. Xavier didn't do anything. When I transferred back from uh, North Carolina State to Xavier, that was Bob Stack's first thing. He goes, "This is we're going to make this thing so special. And I'm like, well, we've lost the last seven years. You know, Half the guys on the team when I transfer back were, were not very good. More than half. I mean, we were not a good team. We didn't have good talent. And Bob Stack said, listen, we're going to get in the league and we're going to beat UC. And then we're going to be in the league, we're going to win the league, we're going to get to the NCAA tournament, and we're going to beat UC. Always UC was in there. And Ed Badger was there, who I loved, Ed Badger. He was a great guy. And I'll tell you a story about Ed Badger and Bob Stack, the competition there. But we came back in the first year, we're playing you know, Bobby Austin there, Schlomer's there, Eddie Lee, they had a pretty darn good team. We, were, we had a losing record going into the game, and we go up by nine with about, I don't know, 50 seconds left, and Stack calls timeout, and we're winning by nine, and this is before you know the shot clock and everything else, so we had a pretty good idea we are going to win the game. Stack calls timeout, gets everybody together. The managers are sitting getting water. He goes, get all the managers over here. All the managers there. We're all in a huddle, and he looks around, and he, he looks at every one of these. He goes... Whatever it was, forty-seven seconds. Forty-seven seconds left, and we own this effing city. And I'll never forget it because he was so animated. I was like, "No way!" So we had a year of bragging rights, and uh, and Bob Stack's the one that brought that back. Yeah. And it was it was so fun. It was a great time, and I I still I don't remember much about my college days, but I do remember that.
0: When, when you look at the uh the rivalry now I mean you know uh, it, you swing the pendulum the other way and, and this is a game by and large over the last what 12 15 years where Xavier uh, has more times and not won the game more times and not had the better team more times and not quite frankly had the better program um, over the right. last number of years Sean Miller is back what does it mean to have him back as a head coach at Xavier
5: I'll give you the greatest line that I heard from a fan. Uh, I've always had a great deal of respect for Sean Miller. Um, you know, when all this stuff happened in Arizona, I, I said, I want to talk to him before I, I reserve. I reserve judgment until I talk to him. And I talked to him, and, and he talked about his family. And he talked about the first time here, he was chasing that, that the gold ring, like we all do. I want to get to the top. Arizona's the way I can do it. I don't want to drive a Buick, I want to drive a Cadillac. And I brought that up to him. He goes, you know what? Right now it's about my family. I love Xavier. It's what uh, basketball is all about. It's in a basketball league. He was so ad- adamant about why he came back. You know, instead of saying I'm coming back because you guys are in a rut and I can do so much better, it was more about the people. And I talked to one of my uh, my buddies. He's a big Xavier fan. Uh, his name's Brian. And and I said, well, what do you think? Because I was telling him what I thought would happen. He goes, you know what? There's nothing better than seeing Sean Miller when you're beating Bob Huggins' team and you're up by 10, and he's still not happy. <laughs> I said, "That's so Sean," because he's always trying to get better. Uh, and uh, but to your point about us taking over the last couple of years, you know, as I just told you, and you know, Cincinnati won seven straight years, and they played a bad Xavier team, and we ended up winning. You know, it's you cannot go into this game, especially. Right before you go into conference play, and you cannot lay an egg, and you have to be ready for it. And you're playing at Cincinnati, and forget about the Northern Kentucky loss, and forget about what everybody's talking about. Wes Miller uh, is a great coach. Uh, I've known him since he was at North Carolina. He's good friends with my buddy Dino Gaudio, and his dad's a good friend of Dino's, and he knows how to coach. So, uh, you know, you can't you can't rest on your laurels because you'll get you'll get that. And I've seen it happen before to really good teams, as Andy McQueen said, you know, number one in the country, number two in the city. Uh, That's a game that, you know, Lenny Brown and company should never have won, but they did.
0: Well, Steve, uh, you know, uh, by saving all that cash you were saving up for your kids to go to college, I would have expected you and Jeannie, you know, to be on some private plane or sitting in first class on a regular airline going all the way up to Wisconsin. But but there you are. Where are you well, now? You're slugging through roughly where right now?
5: Uh, right now, we're close to Rockford, but we did retire two years ago. Uh, and we live in, actually, in Siesta Key. So we live in Florida. Actually, we live right near where your dad used to live at the Palm Bay Club. Uh, and So I'd see them walking out there. And we, we had a couple beers at Captain Kirk's with uh, yep. Mr. Stewart. Yeah. Um, so we live there, and we're also living in Cincinnati. But, uh, hey – you know, it, it, when you retire and you think, man, now I got stability, you know, if, as long as you have your health, you're in good shape. And as long as your kids are okay, you're in good shape. But uh, life is good. I'm going to take a quick thing before you go if you have a chance to, sure. uh, to have time. Uh, talk about the competition with UCNXU. So Ed Badger was a heavy set guy. Bob Stack, if he hears this, he's going to call me and text me or whatever and give me grief. But he was a heavy set guy. And Stack was only 30 <laughs> at that time when he was coaching me. And he would wear, like, a, a wrestler's rubber suit out there to practice. And, you know, and all, all of us used to give him grief. Uh, maybe not to his face at that point in time, but afterwards. And so he and Badger were friends, and they, and they knew each other. And there's so much competition between Badger and Stack. And I would go up to Serenos and Willie would be up there, and I'd sit down with Willie, and uh, Steve Sylvester might be there, and uh, Danny Jansen. I'd sit there and talk to those guys, and we'd hang out. And Ed Badger came in one night, and this is in the summertime. So I got my workout done at Schmidt Fieldhouse, and I drove up to Sorrento's. I was going to my mom and dad's house uh, afterwards. And I'm sitting there, and Ed Badger sits and talks to us, and we talked for like two hours. So the next day, I come into uh, the O'Connor Sports Center. That's where Stack's office was. And I walked in. He goes, what's going on? And I said, oh, I saw Coach Badger last night. And he looked at me like, you know how a dog, when he hears a whistle, <laughs> His ears perked up. He looked over at me and he goes, expletives. Uh, what did he say? What did he say? I said, oh, nothing. We're just talking. He goes, no, whatever. Tell me what he said. What did he say? What did he say? And he's just peppering me. And I'm like, coach, we are just talking. He goes, Steve, I don't care what he said. Just tell me what he said. And I go, well, he thought you looked like you gained a little weight. And he looks and he goes, that MF. He starts screaming and yelling. And is sitting there and he goes, I'll get him on the phone. Debbie, get him on the phone. the secretary but that's the kind of competition that that's that that bob stack had with anybody with xavier and you saw what huggins's comment was when he asked about xavier the other day tell me something good about xavier nothing good about xavier which i love that's that's the way it should be
0: no doubt about it steve uh tilt the phone over let me say bye to genie (laughs) genie love you yes, hope yeah, you're doing Tom. great hope love you're doing you great boy she had an age
2: you must days. be special he never lets me drive
5: i never let her drive <laughs> but she's driving because i'm like i'm not doing this and then getting somebody calling me and tell me i'm being uh unsafe so hey no, she, Tom, she, she love she's not aged a
0: day since she was 22 years old and here she you has. are oh, there God. you are with that <laughs> that that salt and pepper don't stuff stop. like i got going i mean look at her she looks you exactly the same, don't same don't as stop. she did and 30 years ago.
5: You know what? She does. And, you know, I, I, you know, she should look a lot older living with me. But maybe it's really a good life living with me, and that's why she looks so good. I'm not sure which one. I know which one she'll pick, but it's not the one I would pick. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but anyway, right. hey, I'll get with Paul. I'll get your number. Let's get out. I'd love to talk and see what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I'm so proud of you. Tell Paul I appreciate uh, uh, all of his good works. Tell him to keep it up because I keep an eye on him. Uh, because we've talked many times in the past about uh, the business, it's not the easiest business. It's not the best for the family, but hey, it's passion, and you got to you got to go with your passion. Amen.
0: All the best. Merry Christmas. God bless you and the wolves, and have a good time up there in Madison. All right.
5: So much. Merry Christmas to you guys.
0: Okay, buddy. See you, Genie. right. there just I mean, I mean seriously, <laughs> yeah. those two guests today. I mean Nelson and 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 Steve. Uh, just doesn't get any better yeah I've known her I mean I, I knew who Steve was I didn't know him noah but I knew Jeannie we were all you know roughly the same age and, and hanging out together and and uh, when we were all in our early early 20s right out of college and uh, she is just awesome she's been through a you know uh, a major bout with cancer uh, there 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 was a time there you know it was uh, hit or miss and uh Thank the Lord above. She pulled through, and um, and I hope their travel's up there to Madison. That's a, a, a breaking story there about the possibility of him coming back because his son's a good player, good quarterback. Uh, the injury this year, a chance to come back, Luke Fickle there. Um, that would be an interesting conversation to hear that, Luke Fickle talking with Steve about Chase coming back.
1: Yeah, it would be, and I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Wisconsin now. Not that I wasn't going to already with Luke Fickle going there, but – Now I've got that connection. Yeah, That's
3: pretty cool. Steve is
1: elite. Both guests. Elite
3: show today. No doubt. No
0: doubt. And and thank uh, Brandon. Thanks for getting Terry lined up. Paul, thank you for getting uh, Steve lined up. Absolutely. Well, 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 boys. We're knocking on the door for that time yet again. We start to separate the contenders from the pretenders.
1: How about that? I like it. Because, obviously, there's only two contenders here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rub it in. You got to rub it in.
0: Ugh. Ugh. Got to get it turned around. We got a big bowl season coming up. So many opportunities to gain ground. But need to pick it up this weekend. So we have our picks. We have the Crosstown shootout pick. We have the Army-Navy pick. And then we have a slate of National Football League games, including... The Bengalis v. Brownies. Our picks are right around the corner. Stick around. The Tracer. Tracer. Twice a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1130 a. Eastern time until noon. The best hour of television. As he's on twice a week for 30 minutes. We have many new... Uh, members, guests in the chat room, a lot of uh, brand new uh, members to our audience, and we thank you for being with us. Whether you're online in the chat room, you're just watching, you downcast a podcast, you download whatever it might be. So, for those of you brand new to the program, going all the way back to the start of the NFL and college football when this uh, show launched, we decided we were going to do picks of college games and pro games. And at the end of the year, whoever had the best record, I would donate $1,000 to their favorite charity or my own charity, which I'll end up doing because I'm going to make a rally and win this thing. So this is what we do each and every week. Are we putting up the standings so far?
3: Absolutely. Where we are
0: going into the weekend.
3: Here's where we stand. All right. So...
0: Uh, Paul has been aided, uh, and really the only reason he's in first place is because of the one week where Trace Fowler subbed in for him. Brandon Seho started on very shaky ground. Paul gained a lot of ground when when, when (laughs) Seho walked out. And and Trace really is the reason why um, Paul is one game better than Casey. I'm bringing up the bottom there, but uh, a late-season run uh, is about to begin right now. All right, here we go. We're starting with
1: Army and Navy. Army, Navy. Army, oh, Navy.
3: I teased it. I, this is the second week in a row I've done that. But I
0: think we're all going the same way. All right, so you just put them all up. It doesn't make any difference. All right. We all are betting on the men from Annapolis, Maryland.
1: I could not go against my, my lineage. My, my grandfather was a Navy. Amen.
0: A so. Navy. All right, then change mine to the Army. Oh. Oh. Making a quick change, huh? Change mine to the Army. I love the Navy. Uh, Norfolk, Virginia, largest naval base in the world. Coronado, California, home of the Navy SEALs.
3: Tom, you spent 10 minutes going on about Annapolis yesterday. Now I Now you're going to pick West but Point. now
0: I'm going to West Point because I've got to find a way to start oh. making up some ground. So I am, uh, I'm not going to have this deal where it's three across the board. If there are any threes across the board except for one pick coming up in a minute, Um, uh, I got to deviate. It it might mean losing ground. So be it. I'm already
3: behind. Okay, what's next? Next one, Jets and Bills. The
0: J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Inside the division at Buffalo. That is a big number, Paulie. Tell me, where is the money in Vegas?
3: This is a huge number, and I'm I'm sitting here debating what I want to do with this oh, game. Oh, now it you're er- changing. No, I'm not changing. Uh, it opened at no. Oh, I might be changing now that I see this. Uh, it opened at nine and a half. It has only gone to ten, and the mo- the bets. Sixty four percent of the bets are on New uh, New York. Seventy four percent of the money is on Buffalo.
0: So what does that mean? I mean, for, for the novice out there, and I, and I would be a novice, what does that
3: mean? So that means, just if you're thinking about the math, if way more of the bets, the amount of people that have bet on the game, when, when you say how many bets are on a game, when how many people have bet on the game, it said 64% of the people that have wagered on this game have bet on the Jets, but of the total pool of money right. that has been wagered on this game. What do you call them, Sarks? Sharps? <laughs> Something. <laughs> Sharps. Sharps? Yeah. Uh seventy-four percent of the pool of money is on Buffalo. So basically the way you would read into that is Tom, if you were if you and were betting on the Jets and I was betting on the Bills and you bet ten dollars and I bet a thousand dollars, it would be way more you would think it would be way more important to know how much money is on the game because people that are wagering more money might know more about what they're doing than somebody that, you know, if you get a hundred people in a room and they're all just throwing a $5 sure. leftover something on the game. So that's sure. how you read that. That's it. Okay. That's a quick. All right.
0: Thing. So with that in mind, and Von Miller is out for the year. We told you about that yesterday. Uh, we wish him well in his recovery. It turned out to be a torn ACL for Von Miller. Um, that's, that, that's too big a number for me. I think Buffalo's a better team, but I think uh, Robert Sawa. He's going to have him ready to go.
1: Yeah, Tom. No,
0: (laughs) No, don't even think about it. Go ahead.
1: It's too big of a number. It's too big. I'm going with the Jets. Um, I also am holding on to a sliver, very sliver of hope that I've seen enough from Mike White that he can be a – not a legitimate quarterback, starting quarterback, but good enough to get these guys' wins. Before, Zach Wilson was the reason why they were losing. I mean, he, he was starting for them to lose. That's pretty much how it was. Um, to me, Mike White gives them the best chance. He's starting. Let's see how he does against the Bills.
0: Sauce Gardner.
1: Oh, yeah. Leader of men. No, no. Oh, my.
0: Great player, gonna be the rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. It's not even gonna be close. He might get every first place vote. Pull all up. right.
3: Before we go to the next game, do you wanna switch? I'm on the Jets too. No, that's okay. 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 That's okay. That's I'm a big on the number. Jets. I think ten's a huge number. And yeah. if you've been following my picks all season, you know I hate the double digit NFL spreads. All right. Uh Eagles Giants. Philadelphia by a touchdown.
0: Man, I got to tell you, the Eagles, to me, without a doubt, I know their record is the best record in the NFL, but and you can say, well, their competition has not been, you know, like, like some of the heavyweights you'll run into on the um, AFC side. That might be true. It might not be true. But this team is for real. The Eagles have really got a good team, and they will cover that seven on the road in the Meadowlands.
1: I agree, Tom. They're going to cover. And also another little fun fact. Every single one of the Giants' losses has been by seven or more. So regardless, you're looking at a trend where we could either just be pushing or covering. So that's why I went with the Eagles. I think they're the better team. What do you feel, Mr. Paul? I'm going to try and make up some ground here. I've had a bad,
3: bad, bad past couple of weeks. And you have too much faith in the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants. I don't have a lot of faith in them, but I can hope that they cover a touchdown. I'm taking the Giants. Give me the Giants, the G-Men. Good stat though, KJ. G-Men. All right. Depot. Right, here we
0: go. Dolphins coming off a drubbing and Tua did not play well. Couple of touchdown passes, yes. Couple of picks, yes. Uh, They were wiped out out on the West Coast last week uh, by the 49ers. They travel this week to the West Coast again. For all I know, they stayed there all week. I didn't didn't even bother to look. Um, But, you know, now you got the Chargers uh, who are right there, you know, right there on that playoff line trying to get in. I know the offensive line is really banged up for the Chargers. Uh, I like the dolphins team, but I think the, uh, I think the chargers, uh, are going to cover that three and a half.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, the three and a half is the interesting part of this. Um, it it made me kind of, kind of guess, kind of, kind of think about this pick, but I'm going with the dolphins. I think they have the better team right now. I'm just not a, a, I don't have any faith in the Chargers, regardless of who's coming back. I get back. that. I so, don't either. To me, and to me, the Miami has the better defense. So I don't either. You
0: picked them. I know that. <laughs> I, but I have no faith in them whatsoever. But I'm going to pick them because I, I just think that uh, – I, I, All right. I think Tua's hurt. Go ahead. Oh. You think Tua's hurt? He's hurt? He, well, he, he had an injured ankle before the game last week. Uh-oh. He re-injured the ankle. Now, he's going to play. Not serious enough to keep him out, but a big part of his game is being able to move around and run around and make something out of nothing and throw on the run and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and the Chargers, you know, they, they got some guys that can get after the quarterback a little bit.
1: So we'll see. Yeah, he's questionable with an ankle in- injury. Limited uh, on Wednesday.
0: He'll play. He he'll played play. last week. He'll play.
1: But it's his ankle. Like, that's, that's where his really big injury happened, right? He had to have surgery. On his ankle. That's it. Tua, give them to me. Uh, yeah, yep. Dolphins. Your pins. I'm, I'm riding your
3: pins. All right. Next up, this is a wild one. I actually had to double check this because I didn't believe the line when Casey uh, you told don't, me that. You
1: all
0: don't right. Have so tell me, tell me about the money, the sharps, and where the uh, majority of money uh, bets are. Uh, how they're being wagered.
3: Yeah. This is this is a wild one to me. So the Steelers right now are two and a half. This, this game opened as the Steelers being a three-and-a-half-point underdog. And it has moved to the Steelers being two-point or one-and-a-half-point favorites, depending on where you get it. Uh, and it's almost 50-50 on the bets. Okay. But 81% of the money is on Baltimore. Wow. So, sharp, I guess, money would say that the Ravens. Sharp was, money. Sharp money on
5: the Ravens.
0: Well, I don't have any money anymore. I used to have pretty decent amount of cash i don't have any money anymore but i'm one of the sharps in this case i'm taking the ravens all, all cool. right i got the scouting report we you only get it right here we got the scouting report on huntley from brian Billing. yeah I, he said he can't run like lamar who can uh as we've said before outside of justin fields but uh he likes huntley in the in the pocket now can they hold up because that's a stiff stiff yeah. Steeler pass rush.
1: Yeah, I – the last couple games that the Steelers-Ravens matchup always come down to the wire. It's always a close game. I just – I have a lot of faith in the Steelers' defense this year, and the Ravens, to me, without Lamar, do not have a, a very good chance against this defense. I mean, I like Tyler Huntley more, but they don't have any receivers. They're so reliant on having a run game that is predicated on Lamar being able to run the football. Good point. This is not a good matchup, I don't think, for Tyler Huntley. As much as I like him, I think this is a W for the the Steelers. Predicting, by a field goal. All
3: right. So Casey thinks they cover. I got the Ravens in this one. And the Steelers better win for the Bengals' sake. I think somebody just put that in the (laughs) chat. AJ Litter. AJ literally said the exact same thing in the chat. Uh, The Ravens, the the Steelers winning this game, don't need to say it, would be huge for the Bengals, but I just think the Ravens can get this done. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, God, I almost spoiled it again. Bucks Niners. We just added this game late. This is a late ad. Sorry. Late
0: ad. Niners. Uh, Going with a backup quarterback after the injury to Garoppolo. Still a lot of debate out there whether Garoppolo is able to come back despite not having surgery on the broken foot, whether he'll be able to come back this year. But they're at home. Brady and the Bucs, uh, offensive line ravaged with injuries the entire year. He's under pressure the second he catches a ball out of shotgun. Despite that miracle finish the other night where they won the game, they should have lost the game to the Saints, who are not very good. Uh, the Niners, without question, cover this three and a half.
1: Okay. Without question?
0: Without a doubt.
1: You like Brock Purdy?
0: I like the Niners' defense, and I like the Niners' run game. I know Tampa Bay's got a good defense, but I I just think that they are going to, Bosa and company are going to get after Brady, and and he
1: can't escape. Well, Tom, I agree with you, because this defensive front is nasty. They're going to get after Tom Brady. He's not going to have a good time. Give me the 49ers. Okay.
3: Paul, I'm zagging. I'm taking the greatest quarterback of all time. Ooh. wow. Man, Tom I'm, Brady.
1: I'm making up some ground this week. I Tom can feel Brady. It.
3: Okay. I mean, look, I hate
0: betting against uh, Brady, picking against Brady, whatever. Um, y- you would be a very wealthy man if you just bet on Tom Brady money line every game of his career. You gave that stat the other day about the uh, under, if you had bet $100 going back like to Navy. the Army, Navy, you'd have three and a half million, I think you said, right? Yeah. You'd have a lot of money if you bet on Brady Moneyline every game. Oh, yeah. Every game. And just rolled it into the next. All right. Brownies are not out of this thing yet. They're not. They are not out of the playoff picture. They need a lot of help. They need a There's no doubt. But, okay, um, they're, they're not eliminated. They don't have that X next to their name yet. Okay, so they've got a lot to play for. You have Deshaun Watson, uh, his second game now. uh, Looked terrible the first game, but, you know, I I think everybody universally agreed he was going to struggle in that game. Maybe not as badly as he did, but, you know, we'll see this week. Um, Bengals, hottest team in the league right now. Played great without Chase. Got Chase back. Mixon, by the way, we failed to mention in the opening, he is back. Full contact, out of concussion protocol. Zach Taylor said he will start the game, and he is still the starting running back, despite the fact that P. Ryan has been fantastic, or at least was against Kansas City. Uh, Five-and-a-half point spread at Paycor. Bengalis, Bengalis, Bengalis.
1: That's a good pick, Tom. Homer show. I'm- Homer show. <laughs> <laughs> the Homer show. And that's not going to change. It's not going to change at all. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going to this game. You yes, know, you I, are. I mentioned that in the beginning of the show. I cannot wait to go to this game. This is going to be a fun, fun game, especially with Deshaun Watson coming to a very hostile Cincinnati environment. A very good team. should be a lot of fun. You
3: know, we talk a lot about how we've picked the Bengals in every game this season. But the Bengals have covered
1: 17 of their last 20 games. Yeah, I mean, got to keep picking them, right? They're a mathematical correct choice. What do I always say? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Give
3: me the Bengals. How about that?
1: Cincinnati Bengals. That's a
3: team we're going to cheer to victory.
1: touchdown <laughs> Bengals put, put some, some points up, up on that board and a game for Cincinnati. Cincinnati
0: the last time that that song was sung on this show the Bengals lost two games in a row that was right before the season opener against the men of aluminum carried into the following week against the cowgirls and Boys, you just threw a major league, big time jinx on the home team. Jinxes don't exist. I'm not. Oh, worried. they do. They not worried about it. They do. Not worried about it. And there's old Uncle Mo. You got to watch out for old Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo momentum. And the Browns just got Uncle Mo in the house because these two guys just sung that song or sang that song, what would be the, can you help me, either one of you rose solos over there? The day chant. Sang. Uh, okay. And the last time, it was uh, Brandon and Casey singing. Now, Paul, and, and me too. I did too. But if you notice, not this time.
3: No. All right, one more game.
0: All right, the big one tomorrow, right?
3: A big, one big one tomorrow. Now, again, we don't have a line on this game yet. It'll come out tonight. I, I'm i actually I'm going to put it here. I'm going to make it four and a half.
0: What makes you think that this is a four and a half? I mean, come on. Xavier well, is without a doubt. They've played better competition. They've played better against better competition. Uh, they don't have any bad losses. UC certainly does. Yeah. Wh- what makes you think this is a four and a half point? So
3: I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of people have made that point all week. So – Ken Palm, which if anybody follows college basketball, it's the best college basketball site on the internet. Ken Palm has this game right now as a two-point spread. And Ken Palm is almost always, almost always, within a half a point to a point of the spread. Now, I know I just said two points, and I'm putting this at four and a half. Ken Palm also doesn't take into account injuries. Rob Finnessy will not play in this game. And I don't know if he's worth two points to the spread, but it's, it's something to look at. The other thing, too, is... The other thing from last year was that I think Xavier was a six-point favorite last year, and they were just as much of a better team against this Cincinnati team last year as they are this year. And they were at home. And they were at home, and that was only an extra point and a half off of this. So it's a rivalry game. It's on the road at Cincinnati. I, I think it'll be in the four-and-a-half range. I could maybe see five-and-a-half, but I really think it'll be in that four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half range. If it's way off, then we'll scrap it. If it's way off.
0: If it's more than two points, let's say scrap it. Because if okay. this, let, let's say, no, because we're putting in the half just to have it so we don't have a so push. So we don't have a push. Okay. But let's say th- 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 these picks are off if this line comes out at six. Okay?
3: I would Let's say seven. Because it may come out at six and get bet down. Let's say seven.
0: All right, seven. If yeah. it comes out at seven, um, Then then these picks are out.
3: Okay. Because I think UC
0: would cover that. Yeah. But four and a half, nope. Um, the X-Men.
1: The Muskies. And that's what I'm picking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you've
3: listened to the rebound rundown, we've had a great week of shows in the rebound rundown. We've had everybody on this week. Yep. Former nice players. Part. Former players. I mean, it's been a great week on the show. I, I don't think there's any stone I left unturned about this game this week. And uh, – Look, I've watched almost every minute of Cincinnati's season. I've watched every minute of Xavier's season this year pretty much. And even though it'll be in a hostile environment, even though it's the first time that this game's been at Fifth Third Arena since 2018 in front of a full crowd, no player on either team has played in front of a full crowd at Fifth Third Arena in the shootout, I should say. Even with all of those things, it'll be a raucous environment. I still think Xavier gets it done. I just think they have too much depth in the post.
0: So, Casey, you're not going to that game,
1: correct? I'm not going to the Crosstown shootout.
0: Okay. Brandon, are you going to that game? Nope. That's no. surprising.
1: Front runner. Brandon Seho.
0: No oh, doubt about oh, it. My God. Well, Casey's the ultimate front runner. If you notice, they beat UC. He shows up the next day. It's been well documented in his NKU garb, right? Um, and we've not seen anything since. Uh, with NKU on it,
1: well, Brandon walks around here
0: all the time uh, with, with a lot of dated, tired Bearcat stuff on. Tired. But now the the week of the shootout, not a chance.
1: Tom, the NKU has not been worthy of cheering on about since that win. I mean, they, they've had a couple. They've had a couple of nice wins, but not like. It's true. The Norse have kind of struggled a little bit. They've struggled since then. So I can't be like constantly coming in here and shoving it in everyone's faces when they're just as bad as UC is, respectively, like comparatively. Sir
0: Boy Wonder uh, thought that Brandon might be going to crowd surf that game. (laughs) Can't you see Brandon being passed through the student body section there in Fifth, Third Arena?
3: You strike me as a guy that's been crowd surfed before.
1: Yes? No? You didn't say
3: no. That might be uh, in Oakley. In Oakley. In Oakley, yeah. Yeah.
0: Poofy haired fancy boy. Never seen him on here before. Have you?
3: Nobody no. wants to know what product you use.
0: Yeah, well, I believe. It's, just, it's called in the bathroom when you wash your hands, put the water in it. Due for a haircut. All right. Um, the boys are back with boxed lunch. Trace, Reed. Tom. How are we looking? Looking, You're looking great. No doubt. Poofy or fancy boy was right. Your hair's looking great. No doubt. No question. It's falling out. Same. uh, Yeah. Minus two. Yours is not falling out. Give (laughs) me a break. Oh, Tom. Good
6: Lord. There's 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 a countdown clock on each hair, and there's just timing out. Every time I go through the shower, just rub my hands through you it. You don't and... even
0: have the start of a divot back here. Well, See, it's going... I, I got the divot thing going, you know, where all of a sudden it's just that spot back there. It looks like something in golf course after you hit a pitching wedge <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, your hair got flanked. It's moving from the back. The The front line
6: on my hair is, is retreating in a hurry. I mean, it's trench warfare. I mean, I bought the keeps. I bought everything to... I got to keep this going as long Have as Have you thought come.
0: about any of that. You know that, that that stuff you allegedly can Rogaine, I think it's called Rogaine. No, not a ro, no, no Rogaine, no okay. Rogaine. But you tried some other stuff.
6: I well, actually, not yet. But I, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of your hair. I might get might get some of that touch of gray stuff and, and see how I look with the with the you don't, the, you don't
0: the want salt and pepper. You don't want any part of it. You don't. You don't.
2: Well, What's no. your thoughts on the, the cul-de-sac? If 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 you see folks that have kind of like I call it the cul-de-sac. I don't know if that's the right frame. What is the cul-de-sac? The cul-de-sac is when you got like
6: bald on the top. Bald on right the there. top,
2: and you got all of your hair, and it's in thick all the way
0: around the rest of it. Do you just cut it all off? Well, see, I have a think? really good friend of mine that has that going on, and he and I have talked about this regularly. Because, you know, I, I mean, it's easy for me to say, though, if you're not in that position, you really can't walk in another man's shoes, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think the natural tendency, and I think what you're getting at is why not just shave it all off, right? Just go completely bald. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. Sounds like Tom is a
2: shave-it-off cul-de-sac kind of guy. Not to put words in his mouth, he just doesn't want to. I
0: it. would have shaved it, but I mean, again, I, I, I can't walk in those shoes. So it's hard to try and, yeah. and, and, and you know, wonder what I would do about it. I mean, it, it's going fast, but I'm in an age now where if it goes, you know, it's expected to go. So you start getting 60 and all that kind of thing. I mean, it is what it is. Neither one of you guys have to worry about that. I think These it's guys, safe to
2: say you're safe.
0: They're all looking good. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know me, me, me and Brandon are,
6: we don't got too much time left with our hair. Stop.
0: We'll Stop. see how it goes. So what's happening here today, boys?
6: Well, we're going to, you know, tomorrow's the Crosstown shootout. Yep. So we're going to, we had a discussion on Wednesday about the state of that rivalry. Apparently it doesn't mean as much as, you know, we think it should. So I've got some, some suggestions on how we can improve it. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, some, some bad trades as America was, was in a bad trade a couple of days ago. So we're going to go over some, some Ooh. bad trades in the history of, of, of the world, not just sports, but the history okay. of the world. Okay. It's going right. to be a good show, Tom. I'm looking forward to it. Tom, you're more than welcome to stay on board.
2: Tom, this is where this whole Crosstown shootout thing came to be. Because you obviously, when you when you leave the office from time to time, you miss out on some of these takes that happen around here. And I am glad to see really quickly before I forget, because I am a forgetful mind. I am glad to see that you are on the Chargers, because that is going to be a slam dunk. Really? For you. Yeah. Well, when,
0: you, when you start dropping slam dunks, that's a you're, good sign. You're going to walk good. in here pounding your
2: chest when you got that bolt. I seen that little bolt right there. On the graphic, you're gonna be you're gonna be pleased that that exists. Well, I,
0: I sure hope so because I've got some room to make up, and I think both of you guys took uh, yeah. Miami. They right? took Miami. Miami. They they, yeah. they they took Miami. That's right. Because they looked so fins good last week. Fins to the week. left, fins to the right. That's right. I forgot that you're a paired head. Oh yeah, big many many shows out there. Well, it's good. Love, he, he put, It's a good show. It's you know, a, a good show. Are, you either like them or you know some people are sort of lukewarm. Uh, nothing better than uh, if you're out in the sunshine have a cold beer, and you throw on some of his stuff. Not always the most popular stuff, but just some of his other stuff. So, what, really, happened, so well, what happened
2: So on, what happened on the last box lunch show is me and Reed were naive, I guess, and we said – now Paul's going to try to defend himself, and we'll give him a second to defend. But what happened was is we had said that this has to be the biggest game of the season for both programs because right now they're in a state of flux where, quite frankly – They're not going to be playing for the Sweet 16 or Final Fours, more than likely. Definitely not Final Fours. But having said that, I brought up this weird idea that I thought there's no way these Xavier fans would would agree to this. But yet, here they are on Twitter and here they are in the office saying that they would rather lose to UC every year for 10 straight years and be guaranteed a slot as a nine seed in the tournament.
3: No, I said no. I said a protected seed, which is four or better. You gave me a protected seed. I don't. Yeah, that's what I said. Nine seed, you play that eight-nine game, then you lose the one seed. That's stupid. Man, you me me how all, could
0: you guys get this? this you this give me, this I said up. that
3: in the text though, because I said if you, I said a nine seed or better. No, you said nine seed is tough. I said a nine seed tough. No, I wouldn't do that. Oh, maybe I. Maybe you misunderstood what I meant by tough. Tough to me is like. Uh, No, Tom, would you but a top four seed where I get to pick where, you know, I'm going to be regionalized like you get sent to an arena close to where you're where you play. Absolutely. You're playing for a title.
6: Tom. Yeah. Would you take losing to Michigan for a decade straight, even if it meant you got in the college football playoff every year? Yes. You as a
2: as as a 12 team.
0: In the twelve
6: in the twelve the, team oh, in the Twelve,
0: no, no, in a fourteen. We're no, talking
2: about that's no. the other thing too. We're talking about a sixty-four team, t- sixty-eight team tournament. Yeah, but I,
0: but I, but look, there's a big in, difference NCAA. between being a top four seed. Yeah, that wasn't a 64 the deal though. tournament All right, well, I, well, I, I wouldn't. So, so, so nine seed, so. I wouldn't trade that. You better, you better I would go say find it. Yeah. You better go find the tape. This yeah. is that deal where they got the commercial going where they're talking about the sweet potatoes and who screwed it up and they yeah. throw the red flag, the challenge flag. Of course, and you know what I've
2: noticed on those commercials? The women always win those arguments. Well, I'm yeah. just saying. Where are you new? You know, I'm <laughs> just saying. I've never seen a man win the argument when they do these commercials. Just saying. Have you ever seen why a man Why is that? W-
0: I wonder why that is. Have you ever seen a
6: man That's win life. an argument life. Reality.
0: reality TV. Interesting. Men, chop down.
2: Gosh. Tom, I can't believe you didn't take UC, though.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm changing. Feel- <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> yes, sir. Look it up. Let's get it. I mean, come All on, right. Tom. No, I'm not changing. Do we not? Oh. I'm, staying, I'm staying with gotcha. Z- I think Xavier's a better team. Uh, and, and, and look, uh, it, it's not taking a shot at Travis Steele because he won that game as a head coach. But, uh, the but only Sean, thing Sean, Sean Miller's big time coach. Uh, he'll have him ready to play. And uh, yeah, they're, the, they're just a better team right now. This time next year, who knows? Fremantle's gone. All that kind of thing, but right now, X is the better team. Do we have that clip from, from the buzzer
6: beater?
1: We do. Yep. We do. Hang on. Just one second. I'll have it pulled up in two seconds. Right here. Here Imagine. it is.
6: Huggy! Tom. Hardie! <laughs> <laughs> long
0: is 15 points. Shot clock at six. Gentry force the issue. Rebound to Martin. Throw ahead to Van X. So he'll cut it loose. Watch out! Big League Call. Who's that young man on the call? <laughs> Big League Call. <laughs> you, Mickey you, Van Exel. Do you remember that game? Good. Do you no, remember? No, I don't I, I remember the day before yesterday. So, no. It was I don't. Wednesday. But I remember those were great battles. How good was Terry Nelson and how good was Steve Wolf today? They were fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, again, Brandon, Paul, thank you. Casey, thank you for everything. Yeah, no problem. Have a great time at the Bengals game. I will. I have a good time, Paul. Have a great time at the shootout. Absolutely. I, I I don't know where to tell you to have a great time. I'll have one. You'll have one though, guaranteed. Are you guys? Any of you guys going to the Bengals or the shootout? Either one. Depending on ticket prices for the Bengals game, I might. I really? Might, you might sneak down there. down there. Might sneak down. You've been winning some cash in the. Uh... <laughs> Not too big. Uh, I've been I've been doing all right. I've been doing all right, Tom. So we'll see. Who did you pick before I get out of here? Who did you pick for the uh, – who are you guys picking for the Army-Navy game?
6: Mm. Well, I – there's a thing. The the
0: oh, the under. The total. Yeah,
6: I know. The under's hit like 10 straight years. I don't know. I, I don't know who I'll take. I guess I'll take Navy because they're the better team, right? I mean, if I, I'm not going to bet it, but if I did, okay. I'd take Navy. All
2: right. I'm going to go with – He's got. To, he's got to check his. He, he's got. To. I don't. I don't. This isn't. This isn't about that. I'm gonna say. You know what's wild is that line. Is that real, Paul? It says the line opened at six and a half, and Navy's now on a two and a half point. So Navy was a points? Navy was a six and a half point underdog, and now they're in a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. What happened? I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah. Well, hold on a minute now. <laughs> I mean, it's like the starting quarterback out or something. Because I, well, they took, run the I triple option. How much does the, that matter? No, I, it, of course it still matters. You kidding me? Maybe it that's like a nine. More. That's like a, exchange, six a All that kind of. That's thing. That's almost
2: a. That's eight and a half point swing, right? Or nine point swing? Yeah, good. Or eight points public. Swing. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good at
0: math. No, you throw in the halves. You were right. Nine.
2: I. That's that's a wild swing.
6: Guys.
0: So, what are you taking? You taking the knights
6: or the? I'm
2: going the to the take. Night? I'm going to take Army.
6: Hmm. Big West
0: Point guy. That away. Well, I'm going to take are, Army. Trace and I are. Uh, Sharp? I, 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 but I'll be honest. I, that's just, I flipped. I flipped. Because I, 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 I got to make up some ground. That's.
3: All right. Oh, boys. Oh, oh, here we go. Wait, but this doesn't make any sense. What's going on? Is the chat at least giving us an idea? Well, of what's it says going on that on Navy's game? quarterback is out, but that doesn't make any sense because the line has moved to Navy.
2: Maybe it's a situation like Casey's been saying all year where Lamar Jackson isn't any good and, and Huntley's so much better that when Lamar's, when, when Lamar's out, the line moves like five points.
0: USA veteran in closing. The retired USA veteran who's with us each and every day says, gents, have a great weekend. Go Bengals. Go Army. Beat Navy. God bless you all and God bless America.
2: That's right.
0: That's right boys Tom,
2: tom i need to steal your computer when you leave
0: here it's not mine i left my as I as i said here here it's yours i think i'll bring it over all right boys enjoy the show